1: Good morning. It is the nine o'clock hour. And if you are just tuning in, I am Summer Sibley Brown, filling in for Neville James as the host of Analyze This from WTJXFM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And I just had a fabulous conversation. I mean, who calls emergency management? conversations fabulous but it was we covered you know um one prepare for you know pre- prepare Virgin Islands we may get a lot of rain so do what you need to do go to the grocery store if you need sandbags it, um just prep yourself prepare to not be on the road this afternoon we may Um, be under a flood warning. And then we talked about the great shakeout, which was October 20th. And then we talked a little bit about all the things that the amazing director Joshin does in terms of coordination, working with community. And I learned that there are volunteers, volunteer radio operators, um, and there's a training. So I always learn so much when I speak to director Joshin and speaking about learning a lot. In our next hour, we are going to talk to Mr. Alan Nance, who is having startup battle tomorrow. So we're going to learn about what startup battle is, how it came to the Virgin Islands, what we do and what we can expect. And hopefully we can get him back to talk about the results when we have the winner. But I do know it's an entrepreneurial event and the winner takes home $100,000. So let's let's talk about that. Good morning, Alan. Hello Hey, good morning. Hi, I can hear you. hello, good morning, Alan. How are you?
2: I'm doing better than average.
1: Better than ever um on this <laughs> are, is are you here in St. Croix?
2: Of course I am.
1: of course you are, right? So you're enjoying that's the why overcast that's day
2: why, that's why, that's why I'm doing better than average. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So, Alan, before we get into Startup Battle, I would love to have our listening audience, who may or may not know you, learn a little bit about who's Alan Nance and what is Startup Battle.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I think first and foremost, I, I grew up in a really, really small town called Birdie, and it's even spelled with an IE. Oh um, wow! I'm sure nobody's ever. Yeah, I'm sure nobody's ever heard of Birdie. Um, but yeah, I grew up Birdie. I grew up in Birdie, which um, is a farm town south of Atlanta. So, like a lot of big cities, when you when you're from anywhere within an hour of Atlanta, and somebody goes, "Where are you from?" People always say Atlanta, and I mean, I think I'm just as guilty of it as anybody. I mean, I, you know, I if, if, if some reviewer are like, "Hey, Alan, you know, where are you from?" I, very rarely do I say Birdie. Typically, I say Atlanta. Um, but the reality is I grew up in a very, very small town. There were only 1200 people there. Um, and, uh, my dad interesting enough was a prison guard hmm. at the Atlanta federal penitentiary. So when I was growing up, it was always fun. Cause right. Like I could be like, Oh my, my dad's in, you know, my dad's at the prison. And it's like, people are like, Alan's dad's in prison. <laughs> um, but my dad, my dad was a good, was a good dude. My mom was a stay at home mom. Um, and uh, I've got one older brother, and so I grew up in this small town. And probably the thing that I'm the most proud of is I'm the first person in my family to graduate from high school. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I don't I don't say that to be like derogatory, like to my family at all. I, th- I think you know if you grow up in a rural town, and you know sometimes those are just the options that you're provided. And um the thing i the reason i say i'm so proud of that is is that it's it's a clear reflection of sort of my parents right i mean at the end of the day it would be so easy for my parents to just be like yeah we're not educated quote unquote therefore you know why does it matter for my son and my parents just never had that perspective i mean they you know they didn't really know a lot about education um but they certainly loved me enough to just be like hey man like probably the, the greatest gift my mom ever gave me. I still remember this to this day. My mom was like, man, I don't know what's on the other side of the tracks, but you might as well go over there. It's like, you know, they, my parents just always had this perspective that just, we don't know what we don't know. So we're not going to like tell you to be like us. We just, you know, we don't know what you're going to do, but in theory, go do whatever you want to do. And we believe that it's going to work out. And you're always going to have our support. Um, so graduated from high school, um, went to Georgia tech. Um, so I, I have oftentimes commented about my education, whether it was my high school teachers, whether it was my first college experience, um, uh, whether it was getting a master's degree from Georgia tech, the, the reality is, is, is that I am wholly believe that my education not only sort of changed my life, it changed the trajectory of my life. And it's one of the reasons I take it so seriously is, and I'm so proud of it because I really, really do believe um, that, you know, is it, is it one thing that I learned on a page in a book or in a lecture or in a class? Not really. Um, But I think some of what it really was is ultimately when you sort of, are exposed to more things you start to become more comfortable that hey you know what these people aren't that different than me yeah i'm from a small town hey so are a bunch of these other people are from a small town um and so i think you know my early sort of educational life um really opened my eyes to that you know hey i'm not I'm not any better and I'm not any worse. I'm not any different than these other people. And as long as I work hard and I focus, and I will have all the opportunities that everyone else has, it doesn't mean it's gonna work out. It just means that I'm gonna have every opportunity that somebody else had. So my early life was really just about me focusing on my education and trying to trying to figure out how not to live in Birdie. Um, and <laughs> so I didn't have any grand you know, it's it's fascinating for me today to live in St. Croix and, and to call the U.S. Virgin Islands my home. I mean, <laughs> growing up in Birdie, I didn't even know what St. Croix was. Um, I'd never been to an island. I mean, I'd been to the beach before, right? Like my parents, would, you know, we drove down to Florida and like I'd seen the ocean before. Um, but, you know, that just wasn't even within the perspective of any prism that I would look through. Um, so, you know, finish school. The thing I would say about Georgia Tech um, in my time there is really all – I mean, if you really think between, like, 1995 and 2005, and I know that's kind of a weird decade to pick. But if you really think about that, that is really the emergent of the consumer Internet as we know it today. I'm not trying to say that's when the Internet was invented. I'm saying as we know it today. That Absolutely. you go open up a browser or you, you know, go to com and you buy something or shop for something or get something or read something or do something or download something. That kind of decade between 1995 and 2005 was the emergence of the consumer Internet as we know it. And I that's kind of what I was in school. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> just. I say this summer, it's funny how, and I think we're going to get to start about it. I think it's a lot of what can happen in a culture when everyone else is doing it and it's normalized, it doesn't feel that unobtainable. Does that make sense? It's like so when everyone else is does playing on the sense. internet, you're like, you're like, well, shit, man, everyone else is playing on the internet, so I'll play on the internet. And it just, it seems so normal and it seems so obtainable. And I think that's that is what ended up leading to me being in technology, loving technology, believing in it so much, and, and investing the better part of my career in and around it.
1: Well, there's one thing I want to highlight for the listening audience. Um, I'm about 45, and I was at a dinner this Sunday, and um, I was talking to a friend, Arash, and we. he was saying, Summer, do you realize that we are the last generation, right, that lived life before the internet? And can possibly understand what it was before that 1995-2005 where it, it, the internet is not just informational but it's transactional right like things are got through that sure. like the, the the generations after us will never be able to like fathom um life before that so we 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 stand in a really unique position and so when when you brought that up I was like that rang true to me, that there was something unique that happened in between that 1995-2005 decade um, that really has shaped um, the world of education, shaped the world of commerce, shaped the world of business. And it's only expanding. Um, it's really only expanding. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And I, your story, your personal story, um, really feels true to me also as I live in a in a small you know born and raised on St. Croix well I was born in the Virgin Islands St. Thomas all my St. Thomas family's like she's Uh always Uh claiming St. Croix boy that little girl (laughs) yeah but I'm
2: you're you're claiming St. Croix you're claiming St. Croix the way I claim Atlanta
1: exactly but I'm actually (laughs) from St. Thomas um however like it is a rural area and what I heard you say in, 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 in your story is that what you took from your education is that experience and exposure bridges a divide and not just a social economic divide, but a mental divide, a divide in your mindset that says what is minds to achieve and what is possible. And um, you don't know what you don't know, but you don't always have to be afraid of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you completely. And I think, you know, I mean, so you and I are the same age um so we kind of experience this at the same time i mean i'm from a rural town i would i would candidly argue that the vi is basically rural uh there, there's some nuances to it but th- there's a lot of commonality between where i grew up and and the truth is 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 that it's a, a lot of a lot of what we me and you i'm saying you and i are peers We have a, I think, a responsibility to just continue, whether it's this radio show, whether it's an event like Startup Battle, whether it's supporting um, the University of the Virgin Islands, whether it's figuring out, you know, how um, people can prosper here without having to leave the VI. Um, to, to, you know, prosper and, and, you know, do better than their parents did and buy a home and raise children and send them to school and educate them here and they stay and, more importantly, people who are Virgin Islanders come home. Maybe they left 20 years ago and now they want to come home. I mean, all of that is just as long as people are exposed to what is possible, then the the greatest thing that I see happen to summer people, summer to people summer is you just you get demotivated by consistently feeling like it's not possible Mm. so you have to be able to see that it is possible doesn't have this is this is the thing i disagree with people i have never been around anybody really that is motivated who asked for it to be easy. I just never have met, ne- have never met anybody. Like, I've never met somebody who really wanted to do something, whether it's play a violin or play a sport or play soccer or be a, you know, be a certified, you know, captain on a boat in the Virgin Islands or build a startup or whatever. I have never, ever had someone come up to me and complain that it wasn't easy. Mm. I have just, I have just heard people be frustrated that it feels not obtainable. So I think as long as we, you and I, create platforms like this radio show or create platforms like Startup Battle or partner with the community and just show people what is possible. I think that's the responsibility that we have. It's not, we don't have some responsibility to make it easy. I, I don't think it, first of all, I don't think this talented as you and I, Summer, might be, I don't think we can make something easy. I just think we can make it seem, we can show it to people and it can feel obtainable. And I think that is... What what our generation, those people who, you know, experience the consumer Internet from 95 to 2005, we just have a greater responsibility, first of all, to these younger kids that are becoming obsessed with their cell phones. I mean, you know, I it worries me a little bit As as much good as I see from technology, the way that I see people interacting with their phones. It's concerning. Like, it's not healthy. And I think mm-hmm. we all know that. And I'm I'm hoping we kind of emerge out of that. But beyond that. I believe technology, the benefits of it, far, 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 far outweigh the, the the negatives of it.
1: You know, as you were talking about, you know, people who really want to do something, you've never heard someone say that it needs to be easy. It made me think about the role that grit plays in getting from one space to the next when you either have the passion, the drive, the commitment. Um, and you're right. Once you know something is possible, so if it is, I don't know what the correct term is, but it's like there's this field of possibility. So the first time someone runs 100 meters in under 60 seconds, it almost automatically becomes possible for people around the world to break that record. Once one human being achieves something and then it's known, then we see people start to break records, right? So that that concept of what's possible Um, One, it's really, really, really motivating. Um, two, if I'm honest, I think we have lost, we don't highlight the possibility here in the beautiful U.S. Virgin Islands. I think a lot of times we're talking about what we think is intractable problems. And what we need to do is also focus on the the possibilities and the solutions that that are addressing these really huge things. Because I do think technology is a part of that. And I think that people are a part of the answer. Um, And so to hear you to hear you speak this morning about what possibility does, um, I think that's great for our listening audience to hear. I hope they're feeling motivated. And then for me, and there's a little bit of grit that has to happen in there. Like you kind of have it it isn't going to always be easy, but it doesn't mean it's not achievable.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, I think I mean, listen, I have been fortunate enough to travel the world um i've seen a lot of places and i'm not just saying this because i live in the vi and i'm i live in st. croix um i moved here 4 years ago so so i'm you know i i'm certainly not a you know i'm not an og like you are summer but at the end of the day this is my home and i love it and i want it to be everything that i know it can be but i don't everything that i want for the vi that i want for my home that i want to build over the next 10 years none of that detracts from this is a special 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 place and and i think oftentimes it's easy i mean we're you know did every i know people who live in new york and have never been to central park i know people who have been in atlanta as an example we were talking about like we're from atlanta and like never like you know been hiking in the north georgia mountains and it's like you know an hour away you know, I, I mean, you and I know this summer. I know people who, you know, in Saint Croix, who are like, "Hey, Christiansted and Frederiksted are a long way away from each other. Frederiksted and Christiansted are a long way away from each other." You know, they're 20 minutes from each other, and I think we're all guilty of that. We 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 get into our routines and we live somewhere, and whether it's that, you know, that 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 statement of, you know, you can't see the trees through the forest, right? You just, you can't see what's great about this place. Sometimes having a fresh perspective, which mine's not fresh, fresh, but it's four years old. um, And I've seen, you know, I've heard the stories about how the community came together around the hurricane. I was not here, but I've certainly heard those stories. And as devastating as that was, it was interesting how that sort of common bad Uh, coalesced everyone around each other. I mean, I would argue that a common good should also be able to... You know, everything shouldn't have to be bad for all of us to get on the same page. Ultimately, it can be let's all get on the same page about something good. And that's really what I heard you just say, Summer, which is I do... I mean, and this is not uniquely VI. We all know You know, if you live in New York, there's people who will complain about the subway system. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I would argue that it's, you know, yeah, I ain't saying it's clean or it's beautiful, but it's probably the most efficient subway system ever designed in the world. Hmm. And so, you know, like outsiders, like we get to beat it up and people who live there beat it up. But if, if you just experience it for what it is, and if you just step back and look at the reality of the ingredients that the VI has, you know, the fact that we're a U.S. Ter- territory, the fact that we have U.S. banking, the fact that we have U.S. passports, the fact that we have really, really fast Internet. A lot of people don't talk about that a lot. But the, but the fiber that comes into the West End of, of St. We are
1: going to take a quick break, Alan. When we come back, we're going to sure. pick up on Internet Fiber and Startup Battle.
3: El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. Puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021 y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer.
0: The V.I. Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first V.I. Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the U.V.I. campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the Energy Fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy fair.
3: With award-winning documentaries and specials, the BBC World Service brings you in-depth reporting and unique perspectives. Programs with a distinctive global flavor from the BBC World Service.
0: Starting at 2 a.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers and more. From anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com
1: and we are back i keep saying that's my favorite saying to say when I'm on air filling in for Neville, this is Summer Sibley Brown filling in for Neville James 93.1 on WTJX. And this is your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And I am I have the privilege of talking to Alan Nance. And I and I say privilege because um Alan and I don't know each other, but I felt like in our in the top of the hour, you know, we took a deep dive into into who he is and how he got how he got here, and um, I feel like I heard a lot of his values, um, education, opportunity, possibility being the things that he highlighted, and and we're going to talk about the role he sees tech playing in that, specifically with Startup Battle. So Alan, what is Startup Battle, and why did you start it?
2: Yeah, uh, great, 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 great transition back into our conversation. So um, I... I was an entrepreneur before I was an investor, so I I have started three businesses. Um, I've been fortunate enough for, for them to be successful. Um, those businesses that I, that I helped start um, still employ thousands of people to this day. And so I have a very keen perspective on the personal difficulties that I had um, starting a business, and specifically raising money, and we'll get to that in a second. But about eight years ago, Um, I said I'm a graduate of Georgia Tech, there's a very active entrepreneurial ecosystem around Georgia Tech, um, the institute, Georgia Institute of Technology. Um, Students are are very much encouraged to pursue entrepreneurship. Many of them are studying computer science, many of them are studying varying degrees of engineering, technology, and what I saw were there were three fundamental problems with sort of the first-time entrepreneur. The first one was just a general lack of what we talked about, which is being able to access mentorship and access an active entrepreneurship community, an entrepreneurial community who shows you that it's possible. So that was the first problem that I saw. I just – I didn't know any other successful entrepreneurs. I wasn't around them. It was, certainly wasn't my father. It wasn't other people that I was around. And so I just didn't even – summer, honestly, I didn't even know – what a successful entrepreneur looked like unless I read about it in a magazine or on, you know, saw it on TV or something. So I, I saw a lack of community. The second thing was when I raised money for my first business, um, Summer, basically the way you raised money, and I mean, I hate to say this, you went to breakfast with rich, predominantly white males. That's what you did. You basically tried to get a breakfast with someone who was either wealthy or perceived to be wealthy, and you ask them to invest in your startup. I mean, to call it inefficient on summer was comical. Like, it was, it was crazy. Like, it basically, you, like, went to all these weird breakfasts and, like, candidly just asked other wealthy people to, like, invest in your startup. Um, and then the third problem was is, is that, I mean, let, let's be honest. So, so for those who don't know me, I mean, the reality is, is that I'm right out of central casting and I freely admit that I'm a six foot four white male. So it's like, you know, I had it as easy as you can have it. And it was hard for me, Hmm. which means that if you're a female or you're a minority, it is substantially harder for you than it ever was for me. And I found it hard. So if I found it hard and I'm and I admit it like I'm right out of central casting. If it's hard for me then it was somewhere between harder and impossible for a minority or a female entrepreneur to gain access to breakfast, if you will. So I started Startup Battle eight years ago with three simple premises. Number one, build a community of entrepreneurship. Number two, number two, show people literally on stage, and we'll get to Startup Battle here in BI in just a second, literally show people what success looks like. Literally and figuratively in videos and on stage and show it to them. So build a community and show them what success looks like. And then lastly, democratize access to capital. So instead of it being breakfasts, Startup Battle is literally a website. Like literally, Summer, you could go to www.startupbattle.vc. V is in Victor, C is in Charlie. StartupBattle.VC and fill out the application. And it is literally democratizing the access to the opportunity for our team to review a potential investment in your company. It's not about a breakfast, it's not about who you know, it's about how good your idea is, it's about how good the market is, how good you thought through the problem, and how you compete with the other entrepreneurs that are in the ecosystem for your idea to be the winning idea. So we started this eight years ago. And originally I said I was from Atlanta, that's where I grew up. Um, Well, I grew up in Birdie, but we've already covered that. So I'm from Atlanta, and so I start Startup Battle around Georgia Tech. And when I originally started it Summer, it wasn't dissimilar from a startup. Everybody was like, man, this sounds crazy. Alan wants to, like, build a community of like-minded entrepreneurs. He wants to have a concert at night. He wants to have a bunch of rap music and smoke and LED screens, and he wants to allow other investors to invest $100,000 of his money in a startup that he's never met. That sounds insane. So when I said it originally and started this summer, it was just I, and this was even after I had been a successful entrepreneur, I struggled with the same things that every entrepreneur does. It's crazy, it won't work, it's stupid, Uh, you know, why do you have have everybody rapping on stage? Like, what, what is it that you're trying to do? And the very first one that we did, we received 200 applications for it and 400 people attended the live event. Wow. The thing that everybody said would be crazy and would not work, hundreds of people applied to it. And this is the very first one. This was eight years ago. 200 people applied to it, 200 teams, and over 400 people attended the live event. And I knew that we were on to something. And what I knew that we were on to is people want community. They want to see what success looks like so that they can – you know, not just copy it, but just what we talked about, it can make it feel possible. And they want access to capital that they feel like is is equally available to, you know, me, Summer, as a successful entrepreneur, as it would be for you as a female from the VI. People want it to be readily available to everyone. So we started it eight years ago. Over the last eight years in Atlanta, we have done 10 startup battles. We have invested $2 million in 11 teams. Of those 11 teams, of those 11 teams, um, seven of the 11 have minority founders and of the 11, five of them have female CEOs. So by democratizing, literally leveling the playing field, by democratizing, it's not like So, Summer, we didn't start this off to be like a, you know, a minority investment strategy. We just wanted to democratize it for everyone and let the best entrepreneur win, regardless of whether that's a female entrepreneur, a minority entrepreneur, an entrepreneur from the islands, an entrepreneur from Atlanta, an entrepreneur from California. Just let the best entrepreneur win, but provide access to everybody. So over the last eight years, we've invested two million dollars. These 11 companies have raised $200 million in B.C. They're worth over a billion dollars, and they've created over 500 jobs. Wow. So I know what it can be. So when I moved to St. Croix and developed a relationship with the university, UVI and specifically the Research Technology Park, the RT Park, and Peter and Eric and Saban and all the people that are at R.T. Park. And if you live on the island and you don't know about the R.T. Park, it's an incredible organization that is a part of the university. It's incredible. Um, And so when I met them and became involved in the university and involved in R.T. Park, one of the things that they asked me is, hey, Alan, do you think Startup Battle would work here in the VI? And I said, of course it would. So we partnered, and in year one, Eric, who, who is at the RT Park, came to the Atlanta event and served as one of the judges so that he could see the event, participate in the event, and then help us summer craft it specifically for the VI. But I think what I hope the listeners take this morning from my conversation is, to me entrepreneurship is a religion <laughs> Like mm. so like when somebody asked me man will it work in the vi and i'm like man will it work in the vi i think community showing people what's possible and democratizing access to capital i think it'll work in anywhere i think it'd work on the moon i think it'd work in the vi i think that is the ingredient to entrepreneurial success a strong community showing people what's possible, and democratizing the access to it so that not only a few have access to the capital, but the many have access to capital. And so we started the planning summer about a year ago. And I'm I'm sure you can imagine, sometimes starting something new in the VI can be difficult, um, but we were fully committed to it. And the primary reason why the first startup battle in the VI is in St. Thomas Instead of St. Croix, because I want to say this as clear as I can, next year the event will be in St. Croix, and each year we will alternate it. One awesome. year it'll be in St. Thomas, one year it'll be in St. Croix, one year it'll be in St. Thomas, one year it'll be in St. Croix. The reason we started in St. Thomas summer was for one reason only. There are, there's a bigger student population at that St. Thomas campus for UVI. And I want to let you know, we have over 150 students RSVP to attend Thursday night event.
1: Wow. So, 150 50 students.
2: And we've, and we've rented buses to bring them to the event. So, so, what, so going back to this, here's what Startup Battle is. On Thursday night in St. Thomas, we will have over 300 people at a live event. Startup Battle was opened four months ago, and we received 100 applications in the VI. We took those 100 applications just in the VI, and in order to participate in the VI Startup Battle, some the company has to be based here. So this isn't like you can apply from some other island or specifically from the U.S. You've got to be a U.S. VI-based company. We received 100 applications. We narrowed those 100 applications down to the top 15 teams. Wow. We had an entire mentor day. We spent all day working with these 15 teams and hearing their pitches. We narrowed those 15 teams down to the top five. And on Thursday night, which is tomorrow at 6 o'clock, those top five teams will battle it out at a live event in St. Thomas at Prime, which is the restaurant and event space that's at the top of the hill in um, St. Thomas. If you, if you know where Prime is, it's that it's, it's where the tram goes up to that restaurant at the top of, of St. Thomas. We will have um, a stage. We will have 300 attendees. Those 300 attendees, over 100 of them will be UVI students so that they can see what's possible. These five companies will battle it out. And at the end of the battle, Summer, we will make a $100,000 investment in the top team. The judges from the VI, not me, and I cannot stress this enough, I will not pick the winner. The judges who are all from the VI will pick the winning team. And I will say this, Summer, this is not a community service project. I'm not one of these guys that believe that entrepreneurship is like the little leagues where everyone gets a trophy. Do you know what I mean? Like a kid is like, you know, on the soccer team and everyone gets a trophy. I believe entrepreneurship is a global competition. You you don't have the luxury of being the best entrepreneur in St. Thomas or the best entrepreneur in St. Croix or hell, even the best entrepreneur in St. in the USVI. You're competing with entrepreneurs in India and in China and Brazil and the United States and California and Hawaii and Jamaica and every other island. So we got to pick the best team that's got the best chance of success and we will invest $100,000 in that company tomorrow night and then the event is not over. At the end of the event summer pressure um who is one of the top artists from the um, UVI from the VI, the USVI it is going to give a private concert so it will be a live event there'll be a lot of music there'll be a lot of energy there'll be a lot of positivity there'll be 300 people there from the community from St. Croix from St. Thomas from St. John there'll be over 100 students there there'll be the top 5 teams they'll be on stage they'll be nervous um They'll be trying their best. They'll want the opportunity to win. One company will win a $100,000 investment, and then we'll celebrate with a concert with pressure. And my hope for all of this summer is is that what comes out of this are, are the three goals that we accomplished in Atlanta. Community, that it's a positive community that encourages entrepreneurship. We show 300 live people what is possible And we democratize access to capital and somebody leaves tomorrow night's event with a $100,000 investment and our full support. Um, And so I'm beyond excited. This is my home. I love it. Um, I know what is possible. um, And I'm as committed to the startup battle in the USBI as I am the one in Atlanta. And I think we'll look back eight years from now and we'll look back at tomorrow night and it will be a watershed moment where Technology moved to the forefront in the USVI, and we saw we built community, we saw what was possible, and we backed a company. And I hope we look back eight years from now, Summer, and that company that wins tomorrow night is employing 50 people in the USVI and is generating millions of dollars. That's my hope.
1: So, I mean, I have been extremely quiet on um, this interview, so the listeners are probably like, Summer, don't have a question, but I I felt um, one your passion and your clarity around your vision. I, I wanted I wanted the listening audience to hear it because what you said a few things that I just want to highlight. First of all, you talked about a process a process where a hundred and a process that you began in Atlanta that you are now sharing here, where a hundred people participated in had the opportunity to apply to participate in startup battle that was narrowed to fifteen people through uh, through what I imagine is a rigorous vetting process and then now tomorrow night five five of the top applications five of the top applicants will be on stage competing for a hundred thousand dollars and this event is really about democratizing who has access to capital you use the word entrepreneurial ecosystem And as we think about, you know, listeners, what the future of the Virgin Islands is, what is possible? How do we build the pillars of our economy? We have to look at the role the private sector plays in stabilizing us, right? And so what Alan is bringing to the forefront is some of that development. We're going to take a break. And in our last quarter, I just have a few questions for Alan. And then we're going to, like, release him to have the best event ever. We'll see you when we come back from break.
3: Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your sign up, allie. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots.
1: What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island,
3: walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter live in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down
1: to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting
3: option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting
1: center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's It's the the right right thing thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. I'm Attorney General Denise George. How much do you know about Virgin Islands laws? Injustices can happen anywhere and in situations where we least expect.
3: I make it my mission to empower you with knowledge about our laws and the issues that affect our Virgin Islands community. Join me on Justice Matters, a new talk show that aims to inform you and engage you to be a part of the solution.
0: Saturdays at 1130 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.
1: We are back and I am on with Alan Nance and we're talking startup battle and we are talking about addressing the problems or... um The areas in entrepreneurship that Alan learned and quickly saw a place where he could be helpful, which is the general access, the general lack of access to mentorship, the general lack of access to community, right? Being able to see what is possible and then the lack of access to easy capital, right? And how he how he could with his startup battle event kind of democratize it. Um, I want to say that I run a small nonprofit, um, which I say is in startup phase because I'm in I'm in the trying to get the breakfasts right. So when everything you were talking about in terms of how capital is raised, um, even though I am in the, you know, not for profit sector, you know, people mistake that nonprofits still are businesses. We just have civic missions. We have service oriented missions. Um And the capital that we do raise or the, the income that comes into the nonprofit just doesn't belong to me as a sole proprietor, but the goal is to have a functioning businesses that can employ people and provide services. So when you were talking about like these are the problems, these are the problems that I have experienced. Luckily for me, I do have some mentors in the civic sector who have taken me in and helped show what's possible. But building community wasn't easy because it's not readily available. And finding, you know, the, the courtship, the conversation, the pitch deck, the, the making, we call it a case in nonprofit, right? The case for support. Yeah. Um, when you were talking, I was like, all of those things are true for me. And I, and I also feel the barriers, right, as a, you know, limited access to capital because I'm in the Virgin Islands. Not everybody's talking about food systems. So where do I go to get the money? And like, and then how do you sell it? How do you sell it to make an investor want to give to your cause? And so I was like, yeah, this, this, you know, we should have like a startup battle nonprofits, right? Cause the, the training, yeah. the training opportunity because what these people have, what these young people and businesses have gotten in a damn mentorship um, from experienced entrepreneurs, like, I mean, $100,000 is great. And in some cases the experience alone seems invaluable. Right. So I wanted to know, can you tell us who the five finalists are?
2: Um, Yes. So um, let me make sure. Let me make sure I call them off. Right. So there is a St. Croix team um, that's got a cryptocurrency idea around um, raising capital. So you were talking about nonprofits. I was not aware of this. A lot of the thing, a lot of the websites like GoFundMe or whatever don't work here. In the USVI, and I mean, I think we know that there's a you know there's a lot of banking oriented things. So there's a company called uh, Crow Fund Me, C R O, um, VI Crawl is a media company um, and a tourist oriented 3D um, oriented company around content and oriented around um, experiences. Um, they are a uh, St. Thomas based team. Um, there is another St. Croix team called Promotix. They're in the ticketing business. Um, So think of it like you're going to go to an event or you're going to go to a concert or you're going to go to, you know, um, you know, it could even be a nonprofit event. So there's a ticketing company. So there's a a crypto company. um, There's a media company. um, There is a ticketing company. um, There is a food delivery company. Um, So I think we all know that up in the States, there's all kinds of on-demand services. There's on-demand, candidly, up in, you know, up in New York where I spend some time. Um, summer, it's on demand everything. Honestly, you can on demand a haircut if you want to. Um, uh, but in the USVI, we don't have a lot of on demand services. And so this team is specifically focused on food. Um, and then lastly, and th- this one is holds a special place in my heart is there's someone that is exploring ideas of access to, uh, therapy and mental health. Um, I think, you know, we all know this mental health is like, one of those things that like has a stigma on it. So it's like, Hey, don't talk about it. Or, you know, like if you suffer from depression, don't share it with anybody. Um, and this team is really sort of trying to attack the concepts of mental health and more importantly, sort of availability to culturally sensitive therapy. Um, so I think it's a broad spectrum. Most importantly, all five teams are having incredible entrepreneurs and lots of passion. So I'm literally beyond excited to see, you know, who wins and and who we get an opportunity to invest with and be supportive of.
1: So I want to, you know, for our listening audience, I hope this is one of the ways that we are increasing possibility. If you have an idea, if if you've been toying with, like, should I be an entrepreneur or what it means to be an entrepreneur, like right here in our community, one, we have five groups battling out Taking their ideas, you know, um, Alfonso was on the show, right? And he he taught me yep. he taught me the word MVP, right? Minimal viable yep. product. Working to get to their minimal viable product so that they can pitch and sell and get people to invest around. And, um, you know, I when I was talking, I talked about like how hard it is to get these things, but also how invigorating it is when you when you begin to kind of like get the wind underneath you where you can really talk about your product, where you really where you're behind it. Like you're like you. Right. I mean, you spoke for like 20 minutes because you're behind your product and none of it was boring. It was all like detailed and and it helped elevate understanding like that's a pitch i mean it wasn't a pitch it was informational but at the same time it was informative i got the values behind why startup battle is important i got the story of the entrepreneur the owner the person behind it but then i also got what the future of it like who it's serving and why it was important and you like we did that in a relatively short space of time and we have entrepreneurs who are going to be going on a stage kind of doing the same thing for the things that they're passionate about and see a need and how it could solve something so that's pretty exciting
2: Absolutely, and I hope, um and so just so everyone knows, we will not be live streaming the event, but we are going to record the event, and we're going to post it up on YouTube so that we'll have content so that everyone can see it, because as I said, Summer, one of the main goals, goal one, build community. Goal two, though, is show people what it should look like, what success can be, what these teams look like, and give them a platform to show what's possible, and so creating video content. I think we all know everyone can't attend the event. Um, everyone can't fly over to St. Thomas. Um, but at the end of the day, we're gonna make sure that we have video content so that everyone on YouTube for free has the ability to see it.
1: Well. Listen, I'm guest hosting until November 4th and after Startup Battle, maybe I'll send you a text and see if any of your top five or the winner actually wants to come on and talk with me about It'd what what we that would, experience Yeah, I because I think, you know, like we're setting the stage for the community to understand what could happen and I think the experience of the entrepreneurs who go through it and to talk about what that felt like again, making more of this possible and I really, really, really believe that the types of events are are critical right and um they they're, they're just they're ch- they make change this is this is what change looks like this is what growth looks like um so i'm super super excited that you said yes to talk to me today because oh my god I'm like turnt. I want to be in St. Thomas at Startup Battle, you know, watching the competition and then grooving to pressure after it happens. Please remind people what your website is and where the event's going to be. So even though Uh, we.
2: Yeah, so you can um, absolutely. So you can go to www.startupbattle.vc. And the VC is not .com. It's VC. It's Victor Charlie. The startupbattle.vc um the event is tomorrow night at six o'clock um the uh doors open at five thirty. um we have uh the tram and if you live in st thomas the tram that goes up and down from the bottom will be up and running so we'll be taking people to the top of the hill um we will have food um and we'll have some beer and wine um we will have a live event and we'll have pressure who will celebrate with us and i will tell you guys as someone from the vi Um, pressure is super excited about supporting this event. If you think about music summer, music is an entrepreneurial creative journey. So he very much understands how hard it is, um, to be an entrepreneur in music as, as well as technology. So he's excited. Um, he's going to, he actually is going to come to the event. Not only is he going to do the concert, he actually wants to see the event. So I just, I am cautiously optimistic that this is a watershed moment. Um, and if it is anything like what we built in Atlanta, eight years from now, we're going to look back summer and you and I will have, a, we'll, we'll be, uh, we, we will be eight, ooh, summer, you and I are going to be 53. We're going to look <laughs> back eight years. We're going to look back, we're going to be 53 years old. We're going to look back on this interview and we're going to have another one and we're going to say, holy cow, look what we built.
1: Yeah, that, um, what, I think that, and that is what, people need to walk away with if you're if you're listening to anything please go to the website check it out get more information support spread the word have a conversation about startup battle and like the entrepreneurial ecosystem right let's have conversations about what is possible and specifically you were mentioning and I kind we kind of got cut off but you were talking about the fiber you're talking about really what the virgin islands could be because um there was a lady named Dr. Tanya Coverdale who was... She was here. She worked at VINGN. Um, and we talked about, you know, like, making the Virgin Islands um, the Silicon Valley of the Caribbean because of our access to, to, to that fiber, to that deep cable, to, to making efficient... If we were to finish, the, you know, the final mile, efficient transaction. And this could be the most wonderful place for people to innovate work play and and do like transactions offshore like the Virgin Islands could be you know it's sun sand sea and like really great tech businesses and the roles that Virgin Islanders could play not just being employees of a great tech company but being the innovators and the entrepreneurs running a great tech company and this conversation with you really brought that back up for me that like this is possible
2: it, not only is it possible, it's gonna happen.
1: Well, it's That's actually happening tomorrow night on, at you know, yeah, at six. It's
2: gonna, it's gonna happen, it's going to happen, and the reality is, is I, will, I, will leave, I will leave the audience with this statement, and I believe this. So first of all, I've already shared that to me, entrepreneurship is a religion. More importantly, I think technology is the greatest equal opportunity, the closest thing to equal opportunity that the earth has ever seen. If you think about a keyboard, Summer, a keyboard does not know if you're, if you're straight or gay. It doesn't know if you're a woman or a man. It doesn't know if you're um, white or a minority. It doesn't know if you live on an island or whether you live in the United States. It doesn't know. It doesn't know. A piece of software, it is, it is a literal transa- translation from an idea in your mind to fingers on a keyboard um and then value delivered out into the community that literal translation of that it is the greatest equal opportunity that has ever existed on earth and i believe that and what i will tell everybody is we will build technology companies in the usvi and what when i say that summer specifically what i mean is not just technology companies moving here i think we are moderately successful at that i'm talking about birthing one here supporting one here and growing one here. That is what the next evolution that we have to get better at. And when we do that, it will prove that technology is, you know, listen, technology doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know. It's just all, it. But what it, but it's ruthless. That's the thing about technology and entrepreneurship that I love, is it doesn't discriminate, but it absolutely will weed out the people that are uncommitted, that don't work hard, that don't really believe in their idea. And the best ideas will always win. And I know that when you and I are 53 years old, I even hate saying that out loud. (laughs) we're 53 years old and we look back, there is going to be multiple technology companies that were were started here, seeded here, birthed here, and they will be employing hundreds of people in high-paying, high-quality jobs.
1: Thank you so much for your time this morning. Hopefully when we're 53, we will still look 45. um, And then we can celebrate that. And um, I look forward to for, I look forward to you coming home to Saint Croix and maybe buying you a cup of coffee because this was a Absolutely. truly great conversation about what's possible and what the next iteration of our entrepreneurial eco- ecosystem could look like. You have a wonderful event tomorrow. I'm looking forward to post event interview and um, yeah, go go get startup battle ready. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Summer. Thanks, everybody. Everybody have a wonderful day and good morning to everybody. Bye-bye.
1: Wow, that was, um, it's been a great morning, right? We we actually got three minutes for me to do some recap. Um, it's been a great morning. We talked to Director Joshin, and we talked about all of the work and the coordination in our first hour and the things that he's doing. He updated us on, remember that we, there is a flash flood watch, so do what you need to do to keep yourself safe. Prepare, prepare, prepare. We talked about the great shakeout and the numbers of people participating. We talked about, all the ways community and volunteers can support disaster, and then we went into a beautiful conversation with Alan Nance. And I just happened, you know, um, I happened to yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if Startup Battle will come on, um, come on the air with me. And and he said yes. So I'm thankful for. Him graciously agreeing to make time the day before event to spend an hour with us and to share so much about Startup Battle. And I think the the premise, the three things, right? Helping people gain access to mentorship, seeing what's possible up close and personal, and then de-democratizing democratizing access to capital um i really really enjoyed the conversation he had so much to share so i hope you enjoyed it as well i will be here tomorrow at eight to continue filling in for neville james thank you so much to listening to me summer sibley brown on analyze this wtjx fm 93.1 your npr station in the vi have a wonderful day
0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
3: With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what
1: and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday. Letting you
3: know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your
1: earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News.
0: Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX fm your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes
1: you just got to hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out
3: more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.